So you want to be a sales manager. Well, chances are you're a high-performing sales rep in some facet, and you're making a decision that you want to move into management. Now, I'm not overly concerned with what your desire is and why you want to become a sales manager, but I'm really interested in how I can help you avoid some of the mistakes I made early in my career. One of the things to keep in mind is that the leap from sales executive to sales manager is not the same as from going to being, say, someone in accounting who's going to have managed people who are accountants. Nowhere else in no other profession do you have such a rapid shift in responsibility so early in your career. And you're getting ready to open up a Pandora's box full of new tools, new systems, new requirements, new metrics that you're going to be evaluated against. And so I want to help steer you through some of those before you start your first job as a manager so that you can be aware of some of the things you need to start to learn. So why do I say that? Well, if you're a high-performing sales rep, I know one thing, and that is that you know how to sell. Um, now, chances are you're either one of four quadrants. You're a business development rep, an account executive, you're in client sales, you're an account manager. Those are the four main archetypes of sales rep. So going and making a leap to become a sales manager could mean anything from you're going to be in charge of a group of BDRs and BDMs, the people who take the inbound web leads um, and then process them into a first call that gets handed off to an account executive. Uh, account executive, I define as uh, the rep who makes the first entry point into an organization for your brand or product. So you're the colonizing the new company as it is. There's client sales who then takes over from the first sell and continues to sell additional products until you've sold every product your company has to sell into that particular account. And then finally have the account managers. And account managers are kind of a cousin of uh, account uh, client sales. And client sales are a cousin of account executives. And account executives are cousins of BDRs. All of them have in common one thing is that for people from the outside world, they think sales. Well, if you're going to become a sales manager, the first thing you need to realize, if you don't already, is that those are four completely different roles with four different skill sets, four different goals, four different targets, and four ways to become successful. And that's just in the first quadrant. As we start to move out from that, we talk about senior account executives or major account managers or enterprise business development reps. These are all nuances that you're going to need to learn when you go to different organizations. Now, chances are this can all be one rep in a small organization. It could be a commission-only, 1099, not even salaried rep, who goes out and finds new business and closes it and then keeps what they kill. The challenge is when you go to become a manager, even if it's in the same organization, you're going to have to learn a brand new skill set, a brand new way of going to business and doing business. Because when you're a sales rep, no matter which one of those archetypes you are, it's about yourself. Rarely is there truly a team sell. It is about you going out with an individual goal and achieving that goal under your own efforts. When you become a sales manager, regardless of what the other title is, your job shifts from being an individual contributor to helping other people to be successful in their roles. That is the fundamental first shift that we need to make sure that we evaluate. And that is, what is it that the shift needs to happen in the mindset? So I'll start that with a story. When I first got promoted to account from account executive to sales manager, I was at uh, T-Mobile, and it was on a team of eight to 10 reps, and I was the highest performing rep on the team. A position opened up, which would be significantly more base salary. The total on-target earnings would actually be slightly less 
that generally happens. Your top rep generally does outsell and outperform your sales manager. But I thought maybe like you are, that it would be good to spread the risk out. I'm going to have eight to 10 reps. I know what the targets are. I can help whip these guys into shape. And in no time at all, we're going to have a team full of rallies. Well, here's the problem. Not everybody wants to be Raleigh. And beyond that, I don't even know how I became Raleigh. So how in the world am I going to help you become Raleigh? So the first thing that I had to realize was, and this is the mistake I made, was I took my two or three highest performers and I said, I'm going to leave them alone. I'm not going to touch them and let them do what they always did. I'm going to get rid of these two non-performers who are like 30 to 50% of quota. And then the rest of them, I'm just going to have them bring me the deals and I'm going to help them close them. And in me closing them, they're going to learn just from assimilation uh, association that they're just going to understand how I do what I do by watching me close the deals. And that is a recipe for disaster. My top reps felt ignored. They really craved the coaching and development into their next role. Uh, they even felt threatened. The middle felt diminished. They felt that I didn't care about their own development and they truly didn't. I was turning them into business development reps to basically get leads for me, which is what I always disliked. And then finally, there were the, uh, the lower hanging fruit, the guys that weren't doing well at all. And the challenge there was that I got rid of those guys and I still had to make up the difference. So I had a mutiny on my hands and I'd love to say that I turned it around quickly and you know, I was straight to the top. I'm gonna to tell you, I made every mistake probably that a sales manager can make. So when we talk about becoming a sales manager, that's just the first piece is learning not to turn your team into a group of business development reps, but to take an interest in each and every one and how you can develop them to be the best possible version of themselves that's possible. That's your new job as an account manager and sales manager. Um, so we'll talk more about that as we get deeper in the podcast. But for now, the first shift in mindset that needs to happen is, can I go from being a leader to being a servant leader? That I am in charge of these other people only in as much as I can help them become successful. That's my main job as a sales manager removing the roadblocks, standing in the way of these guys selling, and then empowering them through giving them insight and practical, actionable intelligence so that they can go and become even better than they are right now. That means deal reviews. That means coaching. That means literally sitting with them side by side and letting them make some mistakes so that you can debrief. It means continuing to learn from your team and not having to be the smartest person in the room, but sharing your experience, course correcting, you don't have to be able to throw the ball the furthest to be the guy that coaches the quarterbacks. You don't need to be the best sales rep on the team. The CEO may tell you that's what it needs to be. The VP of marketing may tell you. My experience is if I'm the best sales rep on my team, there's something wrong with that. I need to be actively engaged in developing other people to become the best sales reps that they can be. So how do I do that? I'm gonna to need to have metrics that I hold them accountable to, but I need to make sure those metrics are actually relevant. Those rel metrics need to be relevant to the score that we're keeping. So if it's top line sales, great, that's a very simple metric. If it's also margin, I need to evaluate for that. I need to make sure my compensation plan is aligned. I need to make sure that I have incentives set aside so that I can use spiffs, which are incentives that you can give to influence behavior for a certain period of time. I need to know how my team relates to the other teams and the other sales managers. As my, one of my favorite bosses and mentor, Darren Walter, said to me when we were at MarketWired, 
He said, Riley, your team is not the team that reports to you. Your team is your peers in the executive circle. And that is true. You need to take care of the people that report to you. But your team has to go from the idea of being a fiefdom or it's sales against marketing against operations and truly start to understand how what you do on a day-to-day basis within that team impacts every other person in the organization. When you can create those kind of alliances, that's when you can start to have real power and influence inside of an organization. It doesn't do the company any good if your team is selling a whole lot of low margin products that are very difficult to deliver. You may hit your top line sales goal, but if that's not aligned with the rest of the organization, their ability to support you is gonna diminish considerably. So I'm throwing a lot of ideas at you and some things to think about as you start to make your journey from sales rep and individual sales contributor to sales manager. During subsequent podcasts, we're gonna talk through each one of these iterations of going from an account executive to becoming a sales manager. We're gonna explore the four different archetypes of account management, account executive, BDR, and client sales. I'm gonna introduce you to several philosophies that I use to more effectively uh, scale and empower my team. We're gonna talk about how to run effective one-on-ones to get into a cadence that makes sense so your team knows what to expect. We're gonna talk about how to have effective communication throughout the organization. And finally, we're gonna talk about goal setting, commission, quotas, all of the things that you didn't have to think about, including the hiring and the firing and the developing and the performance plans. And I'm gonna introduce you to those that when I was at several organizations, that when you want a performance plan, we had over 80% of the people that went on came off of those plans and went on to become some of our highest performing reps in the company. That's the kind of thing that we're gonna explore during these podcasts. Um, I thank you for indulging in this 10-minute diatribe. And as we go into these next several podcasts, I hope you find them extremely useful and to help you to circumvent some of the mistakes that I made early in my career and help empower you for success. Until the next time, this is Raleigh Wilkins with Wheeler Wilkins Ground True Sales System. Feel free to reach out to me anytime at raleigh at wheeler-wilkins.com. We're looking forward to seeing you online.